What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast. Just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good and make a difference in our local and global community. And it's my honor and privilege to introduce you to my guest today, the one, the only, Talitha Baker. How's it going, Talitha? Hi. You know, there used to be another Talitha Baker, but she got married, so I am... The one and the only. There you go. You're the you're the one and the only in my book. So, <laughs> I am. I'm really excited to have you on. I'm excited to catch up on life with you. Um, like so many of my guests so far, uh, we first met and kind of got to know each other a little bit at Invisible Children. Yes, good times. We good really times. grew up there. <laughs> yeah, we did, right? And so much cool. since. There's been so much time that's passed. You are, like, legitimately, I was telling my wife before we got going, like, some of the things that you were doing, and uh, I was looking at, you know, the websites of some of the stuff you were doing, and um, I was like, she's just crushing it. Like, she's killing it. And she was like, yeah, that's really cool. Like, those are really cool things she's doing. Let's start off Dressimber. Dressimber. Um, yes. I wrote down kind of like the little mission statement off the website. It says, equips a community of advocates to fight for the dignity of all people, leading to the protection and freedom of millions. I think that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So Dress Sumber is an organization um, that I serve as the board chair. So it's something that I do in a volunteer capacity, but it takes up a lot of time and a lot of heart space. So I love it. Yeah, and something I really love, and I've noted or I read on the website as well, um, were like kind of the three um, pieces, you know, of like where the what you guys are doing with December, which is prevention, rescue, and holistic aftercare. Mm-hmm. Do you want to dive into those a little bit and and talk to us about like what those mean to December and kind of like what that what that means for each of those different um, categories? Yeah, definitely. Um, so for those of you who are not familiar with Dress December, the pun, um, <laughs> the concept is that in the month of December, mm-hmm. you dress up every day in a dress or tie or both if you're feeling zealous. Nice. Um, and you, you know, post pictures online, you let your community know, I'm wearing this wardrobe because I care about the issue of human trafficking. Mm-hmm. And then you invite your community to uh, donate to the cause. So um, um, this nonprofit organization has existed since 2000, well, I think 2014, 2013 was the first year that there was a charitable component, but... Um, it was after we raised a lot of money the first year, we realized, oh, like, let's become an actual nonprofit. Yeah. Um, so every year, it's something that um, tens of thousands of people participate in, and it's raised, um, I believe the current total is over $7 million in wow, counting awesome. to fund human trafficking um, initiatives. Um, so the three points that you just referenced um, but we do, we're a foundation and we grant out that money. Yeah. So, um, for listeners, if they're, you know, involved with a human trafficking organization and they would like to be a recipient of some of that money, um, you can apply to receive a grant and then we, um, 
choose grantees who are preventing, who are on the front lines of rescuing, and who are providing aftercare. And we do that globally and also all across the United States. That's so cool. Yeah, I saw that one of the partners uh, was IJM, who um, I think they're doing great work. You know, they're they're really doing some awesome stuff, and I think that's really cool. And I actually worked for one of their events with Susanna um, about a year ago. And, uh, yeah, it was really cool to kind of learn a little bit more about them just being in that environment and being around their staff, and that was really cool. And I love, I, I love the idea. I love, like, it's such a – it's such a th- – easy thing to do to have a big impact well yeah the founder and ceo blythe hill she's one of my best friends but she always says like um you have to get dressed every day right so it really couldn't be any easier but it is a challenge i mean i live yeah, in sure. phoenix so it's not too bad in december but um you know for people who are wearing a dress or other um seasonably inappropriate clothing in the yeah. month of December. It um it is a challenge to a degree, but also sure. it's it's really fun to get creative of like how can I take this, you know, uniform, um, an abolitionist uniform basically. Yeah. How can I make it so that I'm not freezing to death while I'm at it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and like you yeah. said, it's everybody you gotta get dressed in, during the day. You gotta get you gotta get bundled up and whatever, but yeah, it's, I don't know, I, I think it's really, it's just such a simple idea that it doesn't take, it doesn't really change your life much, you know, again, like you, you have to get dressed, you have to put clothes on every day to go to work and do whatever you do, so why not wear a dress while you do it, and and it brings, makes people ask questions, and it's just an easy conversation starter, it does, it's not like totally in your face, but it's enough to be like, hey, I've noticed you've worn a dress every day this month, you know? Yeah. yeah, and we have some people, and this is not um, certainly not a requirement, but we do have some people who will wear the same dress every day. Ooh, that's and they yeah they embark on the um, style challenge yeah. of like how do I make this look different? <laughs> so that's cool. Look um, crazy wearing the same thing every day. Yeah, that's cool. I it sounds like so your um, best friend or good friend is the CEO and founder. So is that how you got involved? Yeah. So I moved to LA in 2013 after um, I finished up that Invisible Children. And I met Blythe. Um, She was living with a few of my dear friends, also from the Invisible Children family. Um, So she was actually one of the first people I met when I moved to LA and we just clicked. Um, And I would... Definitely say she's my best friend in LA. That's um, cool. She's a real powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Really cool the way our paths crossed. Yeah, and you've you've got such a brilliant mind. And I mean, from my experience with you working at Invisible Children and um, being the tour and booking manager there, I mean, you your your mind operates different than other people in such a good way. You know. <laughs> take it as a compliment it's great i i really oh, think that's true yeah. i i think you're i think you're a very brilliant woman and uh, i think they're lucky to have you on on their chair as a um on their board so i think that's awesome you also are involved with the children's miracle network hospitals yeah so that's my day job cool um so i work for children's miracle network hospitals 
specifically um, in a department or a campaign called Extra Life. Okay. Um, so we are Children's Miracle Network Hospitals is a fundra- is a fundraising arm for 170 children's hospitals across North America. Um, wow. So basically, not every, but many children's hospitals will say, I want to be a part of that community. Mm-hmm. And when they do, then they get access to, um, I believe, uh, well, I don't know the exact number, but they get access to millions and millions and millions of dollars that we're yeah. able to help them fundraise. So a lot of it is kind of um, traditional things, like, um, for example, if you go to Walmart, um, when they're doing fundraising, yeah. they will ask you, would you like to round up um, or make right. a $1 donation for um, Nicholas Children's Hospital, which sure. is the one closest to you. Um, so that's where a lot of that money is coming from. But being on this Extra Life campaign, um, we are innovating in a, basically it's called peer-to-peer fundraising, which is also what December is. It's also what we were doing at Invisible Children at campaigns like November. Yeah. Um, so you can sign up to fundraise for your local children's hospital, and you do that by committing to games. So video games, tabletop board games. Um, you make a commitment to play games to heal kids. Okay. That's yeah. awesome. That's really cool. And and where do people go? to sign up for that and to get involved i like where do i go to get involved with that and sign up that sounds like something that i want to do um well i'm not surprised it sounds like something you want to do because (laughs) it's awesome no but it's something i really love about it is that we are inviting um males millennial males into the fundraising equation and you know our history in the nonprofit space is it's tends to be a female-driven mm-hmm. community. And, of course, women will play video games as well. But um, yeah. I've just been so inspired to see huge groups of men, young men, say, this is the way I want to give back to the world. Yeah. Um, so men, women, whoever's listening, um, if they're interested, they can go to extra-life.org, um, sign up, set up a fundraising page, um, and then if you stream your gaming on Twitch or YouTube or Mixer, um, or even if you don't stream it, um, you can just invite your community to support you as you do something you're passionate about, um, but you get to do it, uh, to help kids in your local children's hospital. That's so cool. Why, what, let's, let's dive into that. You made a really interesting comment and I completely agree with you. And I, you know, we, we saw it in Invisible Children for sure that, there's just fewer men um, in this in involved with different causes and organizations that are doing good in the world. I don't know what else other way to say it necessarily, but what what do you think are some of the reasons that men are not involved with that with um, those different? Oh, go ahead. No, I, I I'm just kind of rambling to be completely honest and trying to formulate externally process this idea or this thought, I guess, in some ways. So, um, go ahead. I mean, I have some theories, um, which I'll talk about, but then I want to, I want to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think that a lot of the way our society works, it Mm. teaches men that, you know, your focus needs to be on, um, providing for your family, um, 
you're only valuable, um, you know, a woman will only want to date you if you mm. are a provider, if you have a successful career. Yeah. Um, and the problem in the nonprofit sector is that um, it really does slow down that process of, um, you know, buying a house or making a good living. And yeah. certainly it's possible to do that. But I, I think that men face so much cultural pressure to have to mm. hurry up and get a good job um, that that can prevent them from entering the space. I also, I don't know, it tends to be a more tender community and, and maybe yeah. men feel um, worried to enter that. But, you know, you're a bit of a unicorn being um, a man who has given his heart the nonprofit space. Yeah. So I'd love to know like what your opinion is on why is it more challenging to get guys involved. Yeah, I, I think you I think you really hit it. Uh hit the nail on the head for sure. I I I mean I can speak firsthand that these to the, some of these things. And if you've been listening to the podcast, you've heard me talk about this quite a bit. And it's a conversation I've had with several of my friends as well, uh that are men and you know I have this really fun and amazing group of friends from college that I feel like we're, we're all have this heart to, to serve and to help other people. And, um, yeah, I think that society puts a lot of pressures, you know, looking at my family currently, uh, which is my wife and I, and I'm not going to leave out my little dog and yes, it's not a child, but we treat him like one and he's spoiled and we love him. Um, Shout out to Chancy Poo. Uh, but yeah, like my wife right now, she's she's killing it. She's uh, she's the breadwinner of our family. You know, she's the one that um, we own our home in Minnesota still and we're renting that out. But she's the one that bought our home there. Uh, and so you talk, we, we joke around about it all the time, but complete role reversals for us. And um, I I'm fine with that, right? But I also have a very... A strong desire to be a provider and it's really really hard for me to accept help um, just in general and I I don't think that's just a, a male trait but I think it's a, a male dominated thing um, trait in some ways yeah I and so like I, I definitely see that I think that there is there's a cultural there's a societal pressure for sure to um be successful and i think that looks what that means in like american society at least um is the job the car the house the things the the status um and in order to get those things and kind of feel quote fulfilled um i think it that's what you see, you know, I think that men are also, you know, kind of speaking to the games and playing and, you know, that kind of idea. I think not that women aren't competitive that don't misunderstand what I'm saying, but it's a, it's something that's real. You know, men are generally very competitive. And, uh, I think that there's this competition and this like cutthroatness that comes out in men, um, that's accepted, uh, in society as well, um, where, you know, we, we hear a lot of the, um, this is a really roundabout way to answer your question. So sorry, but, um, yeah, they, 
even with, you know, women, how there's these different um, views of women that are in leadership and that are strong and independent. And I don't think those are fair. Um, they exist for sure. And I, but I also think that there is, and whether it's just society, society over time that's developed this or that's created this culture, um, you know, I think women are generally, you know, I think there's some evolutionary things too, but um, they're generally, they come out more as empathetic and caring and loving and nurturing. And I think that it exists in men. I just think that it's something that's not necessarily socially acceptable to come out. And and the same with the opposite with women and maybe it's women in the workplace or whatever you want to put, you know, that, that conversation. Um, and so there's these like, there's these conflicting social pressures that have evolved over time that have created this um, culture, I think, within, at least in the United States, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that a lot of those things, I, I don't think that they're fair either way. I think that, that it, it's starting to change, but it's really slow. Um, it's just a really slow process. But I think with, that society's pushing back and we're challenging those social norms and those those ideas. And I think it's really good and I think it's healthy and I think that I, I say this a lot, but I think that time is on our side with so many different things. You know, um, we need those extremes to kind of push the the idea forward, and then we can have those conversations. That progress happens right in the middle, and and we just slowly make adjustments and and move that pendulum. But I think um, to answer your question, I I think it is. I think it's exactly what you said. It's the social cultural pressures and just kind of what some of those different things that um, we see in men more often and it's just not as quote socially acceptable and and maybe some men are afraid to kind of show that side of themselves of seeing it fear of seeing it as a weakness yeah I mean yeah I definitely think it's um you know a part of the way that we're culturally raising men and women differently yeah um what is really cool about why I think the thing with extra life is we're actively trying to get more women involved, which is great. It's yeah. just funny because it's like every other nonprofit I've been a part of is actively trying to get more men involved. Yeah. Um, but the way we position ourselves is, you know, be a hero. Like mm. your incredible gaming um, skills will be celebrated. All these people will tune in to watch you show off your skills you get to be a hero and then you get to help these kids heal. Yeah. Um, and I think that, I don't think that there was any intentionality in the way that that was built, but I think that it just organically really um, yeah. speaks well to the psyche of what a guy wants to be. He wants to be, yeah. and again, I'm, I'm speaking broadly, but, um, yeah, of course, you know, he wants to be a hero. He wants to be celebrated for, um, the way he can contribute. I think, I think that that's pushing the same button as what you were sharing is like, you want to be a provider, you know, I think it's the same. It's like scratching that same itch. And so, um, in the charity landscape, I think that, you know, it's really all about how you position yourself, um, and how you craft your messaging. Mm -hmm. Um, that will really dictate who's going to be interested in in your support and supporting you. Um, the age, the gender, um, the, you know, perhaps religious, affiliation, right. um, all of that stuff will follow simple things like the way that you make your tagline or the way you name your organization. So yeah. um, I've loved 
learning about like why this is working. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I love to be a part of. I love the idea of hero too because yes, I think it appeals to and it it uh I think males your stereotypical male can be a part of something that is thought of as quote being a hero, but it's not excluding, you know, women. It's not excluding, it's not a, it's sexually ambiguous term, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, and so it's inviting to all groups of people, um, which is unique in some ways because of like, just what you were saying, messaging in general, words have power on, unfortunately sometimes more than we want them to you know um and one thing too and i think that kind of plays a part and i have i've had a couple conversations with um my friends from college uh, this last summer when we all got back together if you're listening and you haven't checked out the bethel boy series it's it's pretty fun there's some really amazing guys that are that i had the opportunity to interview and kind of talk with and reconnect with uh this last summer it'd been about nine years since we had talked which was sad and um it took the the death of one of our friends and one of within that group uh um death by suicide and it took that to really open our eyes and wake us up to like hey we need to we need to keep each other close and and cherish those relationships but we were having this conversation and one of the gentlemen who spent a lot of time uh, in South America, Argentina, just traveling in general, he spent a lot of the nine years that we were apart uh, in another country and coming back to the United States and kind of like resettling in. And he brought up the question is like, we in America, there's so much, um, there's so much pressure, not pressure. There's so much uh, power put on the career or what your job is. You know, it's, okay. it's the number one thing we talk, it's how I introduced you, you know, it's how we started this conversation yeah. of like, Hey, you're involved with this. And I try to be really conscious of that, but it's just part of who we are here in, in our society and, and that pressure to like status equals your job and, and what you do. And I think that's interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's hard. I think many people relate to, you know, having been in the season of looking for work, transitioning jobs and feeling mm-hmm. like, what do I even say? Where's my value? Perhaps, you know, they left that job. Um, maybe they were told to leave that job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To leave that job. And so you can really flail because it's like my whole identity was, you know, my yes. career. It's what yeah. I talked about at cocktail parties or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm unemployed like what do I even talk about yeah Um, so yeah I've got some friends in LA um I think this is happening other places too but there's one in particular called ampersand if you are in LA um where you go to dinners and you're not allowed to say what you do Mm. so the dinners are curated um and the people around the table do really interesting things but you have to connect on um other things you know, just common interests or where you're from, whatever that might be. And then at the end of the dinner, you get to reveal um, what your career is. um, And then you get to make, um, oh, okay, cool. Well, we started first as friends. And now I see how our careers could be complementary and network now. Um, So it's really nice to like flip that on its head. But 
Yeah. yeah. One thing I try to do is I'll say, if I'm meeting someone new, I'll say, like, what's your world like? Mm. And most of the times they'll say, what oh, I work in business, or I work in finance, or I'm a teacher, but I'm not asking what do you do, it's actually what they're hearing, so sometimes they'll say, oh, I love doing art, you know, or I'm really passionate about skiing, or whatever it is, Um, so I'm trying to kind of flip that a little bit, but yeah, it's very ingrained in our culture. Yeah, but perspective is everything, too, And, and I think we have this, like, we, we think through the perspective of our job sometimes. Um, and especially, I, I just had this thought just now. So this is, a, this is again, externally processing in some ways. But um, the idea that, you know, there's a big push, I think, too. And, and I think I agree with it. Um, and I would love your thoughts on this as well. But uh, that, you know, do what you love. And, like, what are the things you care about? And, like, that's where you should, like put your energy and your time um and so there's this push or this is something it's like a hot topic right now or like a trendy thing to to say and do and you know we encourage young people to like follow your dreams and do these different different things through that lens and so you know when you ask like that what what is your world like it's very much like well that's my world because in some ways maybe that is what they do care about, but it's more than that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's tough because do what you do, what you're passionate about, do what you love. Um, perspective. I kind of think um, the problem with that is that it might ruin what you love. Mm, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Once you start to see how the sausage is made, you're like, mm-hmm. oh, do I really want this that? Takes yeah. the joy out of- <laughs> What was my hobby and the thing I love? Yeah, absolutely. I've one thing that has been another topic that's came up a lot and something that I like a little bit better than like do what you love and do with that, but it's like life on purpose and live your life on purpose. And I guess in so many ways that's really what I'm trying to do with Crazy Face Uno and and me stepping out and doing this and having the opportunity, obviously, because my wife is um you know killing it and crushing it as well but I really like the like when you're living life on purpose the things that you need and want kind of fall in line and you know I talked about it with um, several of my different podcast guests you know just how when they felt like they're kind of floundering in some ways uh, that once they finally got kind of like followed their purpose and, and found followed their purposes is, is tough. Uh, that's not what I mean. Um, when their life was like in a direction of purpose, um, with what they want to do or what, what their like life goals are. Um, they're like living that life on purpose that they found much more happiness and happiness came, the money came and, and these different things. And it's something that I'm holding true and, and kind of holding close to my heart as I, you know, chase this, this dream and this ambition of mine, uh, with crazy face, Uno is I want to live my life on purpose. I, I, I've always cared about doing good. And as I look at your kind of resume of things you've done, it's also something you've done is like helping others and doing good. And this, these empathetic causes and these nonprofits and this world, do you feel like you're living life on purpose? 
Um, I do. Yeah, I feel, um, I agree that, like, it's it's a really annoying thing to be like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Where mm-hmm. do you see yourself in 10 years? Um, those types of questions, because, uh, you know, I would have never answered them with where I've ended up, and yet I'm very happy with yeah. the path that life has taken me on. Same. Um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, I read a book, um, Shoot, I can't remember what it was called. I'll have to let you know and maybe yeah. put it in the show notes or something. But yeah. it was all about being a wayfinder um, mm. of your career. So, like, you are literally charting uncharted territory. Like, of course, everything in the world has been discovered. It's not like you can get on a ship and, you know, go discover a new continent. Yeah. But you can do that theoretically with chasing your, your purpose. Um, whatever your purpose is, you know, with new technology coming out um, and culture changing so much, like, Shane, I think probably 10 years ago, if you told me you wanted to do a podcast, I'd be like, what's a podcast? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, totally. Um, I would have, too. And same thing, same thing <laughs> for me. Like, if I told you I want to do fundraising through Instagram or through Twitch, you'd mm-hmm. be like, what are those things? Exactly. Um, yeah. So it's more about, like, having that North Star and having that compass of, like, what guides your heart, and then you actually get to find uncharted territory, Yeah, um, which I think is, for me, very exciting. I'm someone who doesn't like using GPS, so that sure. that hit me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'm yeah. discover things. Well, and, like, but, purpose yeah. is such a, like, it, it's a word, I think... I think to say you can find purpose is a little naive and and untrue, but I think to seek purpose, to always seek and always have that, like you said, North Star, you're never going to reach the North Star, um, but you can, you can walk in that direction, you know, and you can run in that direction or drive in that direction or whatever, you know, um, and I think that, I think that it's important to know that as well, you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean otherwise you're just driving in circles yeah absolutely that's and that's that's, frustrating a frustrating way to live yeah and even like we were talking before we got going i i really want you know this whole crazy face uno thing started honestly and and i bet i'm assuming you will probably know this name not many people have uh mr beast mr beast yeah the youtube star do you know him I don't. I don't. Okay. I mean, Being in know, the Twitch world. Embarrassing, but there's, no, it's okay. Maybe there's so many of them. I know. I know. Being in the Twitch world, I thought maybe, because I don't know how much he's involved in that, but he's donated a lot of money through Twitch um, okay. and his different things. Well, I'm going to look him up after this. Yeah. He's just a YouTube you know, star guy that he, he gives a lot of his money away. Like he gets these sponsors. He's like, hey, you know quib i think was one like he's got the sponsor hey can i have ten thousand dollars and then he uses that money to make a video or you know and some of the videos are just simply hey i bought this house and the people that work for him like his friends that work for him um they had like their hand on the house the last person to take their hand off the house you know gets to live there for a year rent free and so i i found it really interesting that one, I love giving away, right? If, if I had one thing that I want to say like, oh, Crazy Face Uno is, you know, in the future, 10 years from now, I look at it and go, yeah, he's, he's doing what he's, what he said he wanted to do. I, I love making people's day. I, I've talked about it on here a ton too, but uh, like the Americans Got Talent, the, those, you watch these people come onto the show 
you know they've worked their asses off for so long, mm-hmm. uh, probably doing jobs, you know, that they don't really love, but they also love music. They love to sing. They love, you know, this, whatever their talent is. And they've worked really hard to get there. And this is their opportunity. And to see that people and see like people like Simon and, and just the people on the show hit that golden buzzer is, mm-hmm. is just, it's, I, I legitimately, I almost cry every time because I just find like that that is so beautiful to me and to see someone's day completely get made and and life get made in some ways, you know, like you can't take that away from someone, a dream, a gift. And and to be able to make people's dreams come true and make people's like change people's life with just a simple act um, is beautiful to me. Um, So to go back to Mr. Beast, he, he gives a lot of his money away. He started to do, I've noticed this like, swing in a lot of his videos now he wants to give his money to more like strangers and people he doesn't know but so much of what he's built so far has been he gives it to his friends and the people that are like his friends family that also work for him right like his his friends work for him they're like his close group of people they edit the, the videos they do all these things they're just funny stupid videos sometimes and but it's just going to them but people love it and they've he's got millions of hits and views and followers and subscribers or whatever and I think it's really fascinating that it's not that he's making a huge difference in a lot of people's lives, like big by giving money. It's like, he's giving money to just his friends and also like my name. And that's always been something of like, well, what do you call it? You know, like again, words have power and like names and the way you brand things. And so Mr. Beast, it's like, well, if Mr. Beast can have all this and with a name like Mr. Beast, then crazy face, we know it is. So that was a, an inspiration in some ways. Like it's really shaped kind of my, where my brain went. Um, but yeah, I really want to like have the financial capacity to look at, you know, there's been a couple different, you know, people that have had on, uh, Thomas Moore, who is trying to climb the seven summits of the world. He's accomplished three of those. I want to, I want to make him, I want to be a sponsor for him. I want to be a financial sponsor. I want to allow him. If he accomplishes this goal, he'll be only the second black American to ever climb all seven summits in the world. And I think that's beautiful. I think that's awesome. That's a cause that's worthy of, you know, investing into and, and helping out. Um, changing people's perspective with, uh, you know, the border and, and uh, the issue that's going on in the border with immigrants and migrants and uh, asylum seekers. And I have a friend named Jonathan Moya. He's got a cause and an organization he created called border perspective and i want to be able to invest into him and and help even if it's like i don't know i just i want to be able to do that i want to be able to look at a cause similar to invisible children how we were able to quickly mobilize within you know six months to a year to to affect the most needed issue um with the cause with the lra I think that's beautiful and I want to do that, but on a broader scale of like, Hey, Jonathan, you're financially supporting yourself. You're flying to Texas. You're flying to these different places to, to, um, you know, help run this organization. And that's a financial burden to you. Let me take some of that off of you, but it also takes it off the books as a nonprofit and it helps in so many different ways. So I'm rambling now, but I, that's kind of like the, the thing that I really care about and I love and I think it's really cool yeah I mean it feels amazing to be a fly on the wall when you see you know somebody 
you know, there's, I mean, for every reality show that's out there that, like, exists to tear people down, there's just as many, you know, programs out there that exist to elevate people and exist to, like, you know, catch that moment of someone's dream coming true on screen. Like, yeah. it's very, very satisfying for um, the person watching, even though they themselves are not benefiting from, you know, the money or the new car or the whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think that that's a great opportunity for anyone who's making media to capitalize on that. I've, I've been disappointed. Um, you know, there's been several organizations over the years that have tried to... So, in the journalistic world, they say, if it bleeds, it leads, right? So, when you watch the news, yeah. oh, whatever yeah. is going on. And, you know, there's been um, different organizations that have been like, well, we're only going to tell good news, and they all fizzle up. So it's like, well, I think that telling stories in that way isn't, um, for some reason, it isn't hitting people in an entertaining and compelling way, but helping people's dreams come true, for some reason, people love to watch that, and they love yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah. So, yeah. And and even and I hear you like I I don't like the I think it's kind of gross the like if it bleeds it leads kind of idea personally yeah. but um, yeah and I I mean one of the the real focuses and something this is unfolding organically as well and it's like as things go uh, it's it's grabbing onto things you know it started off like oh I want to make these like funny videos or the stuff like Mr Beast that's where I was going with this and it's filtered into like. No, I want to tell stories. I want to tell people's stories. Everybody has a story, and everybody's story matters. And so there's so many different ways you can do that. The podcast is the beginning. This is not what I intended Crazy Face Uno to be, to be completely honest. This was supposed to be just a little side product, um, a way to create content and something fun on the side, and it's turned into the main thing. And that's cool. I'm totally fine with that. And if that's the way it is, forever that's totally cool too but um yeah I, I just think that people's stories are important and i think that as we listen and as we hear other people's stories it also it provides this inspiration to us of in, in a pathway in some ways of like man that person had it good their entire life and yet it was still hard for them and that's okay or man that person had a rough start and they found their way. That's cool. Or that person had a rough start and they're still figuring it out. And that's okay. Um, but just giving people permission to be okay with who they are and where they are. And just to know that their story matters. Yeah. I love that. So I'm going to stop rambling for a little while and let's uh, talk more about you. <laughs> um <laughs> Well, now I have to go watch Mr. Beast. I'm so upset that I didn't know who he was. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. It's the same. Have you heard of, um, what is it, Yes Theory? Yes Theory? Yeah, you got to write that one down, too. That's another one. They're yeah. kind of they're pretty good, yeah. too. Um, similar concept, but it's like making people's dreams, but they, they do a bunch of different cool stuff as well. They, I really like them as well. But it's like the, uh, what's the older one? Uh, I, I can't remember. Carl brought it up on his podcast. Um, but anyway, yeah, those, those two are really interesting and, and doing some interesting things and kind of, you know, make me think it, 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 I say inspiration because it's just, they make me think about what's possible and, uh, yeah. how I can do it different and how I can do it my own way. 
but kind of creating this like framework in which to like it's like a blueprint in some ways it's like the the skeleton but i get to put the meat on it you know and, totally. and make it what I want. Yeah, and I mean, this proves the model that, like, you can build a YouTube or a Twitch or an Instagram or, a, I don't know, a TikTok yeah. presence um, through positivity. My favorite, personally, is Kitten Lady. Um, Kitten I don't know lady. if you know her. I don't, but I'm writing that down. <laughs> she's great. So she, um, she takes in these, like, super high-risk, kittens that are about to be euthanized she nurses them back to the house and she teaches her viewers how they can do the thing and so you get to watch of course i mean the content is so cute mm-hmm. you get to watch these little kittens go from death's doorstep to being like healthy thriving little kittens uh-huh. who then get adopted and you can follow them on instagram as they transition into someone's home um yeah. but yeah, I mean, there's there's little pockets of that, you know, all across these media platforms, and it makes me so happy when you know someone blows up for doing something good yeah, um, and something absolutely. that the viewers get really excited about. Yeah, and, and there's like you've said, you you mentioned it a couple times now. Like, there's just so much shit out there, and and that's honestly, I I hate the news, I hate social media, um, and and a lot of that is really not social media. I mean, just. Uh, mainstream media sorry i hate those i hate those things because they've just become money hungry clickbaity garbage and there's not there's just you don't hear positive things very often and when you do it's even got its own like little gross little spin sometimes and i don't know it just makes me sick (laughs) i hate it and yeah positive storytelling and if, if that's what I don't know. I, I love that. I love the positivity when things, when people get recognized for, for good things. And I've talked about it on here too. One thing that I've really been trying to do and challenging myself is when you see someone doing good, uh, doing something that, you know, just out in the community, like you're at the grocery store and somebody picks up a can or puts it back on the shelf or whatever. It's like, Hey, thank you for doing that. You know, uh, mm-hmm. recognizing like, Hey, I saw that. I see you, you know, and thank you. Um, it doesn't have to be these big things. That's making a difference. That's doing good. Just saying thank you. And it's like recognizing somebody that's doing that as well. And I, I think it's such a simple, there's just such simple ways that you can make a huge impact in the world. Um, whether it's wearing a dress through the month of December and, you know, and, and raising awareness for something that's, that's affecting and allowing people protection and freedom to millions, you know, just like the, the uh, mission statement. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think people can pick up on that tone, too. Like, um, this might not be a really formulated thought, but this morning before I hopped on a call with you, I went to Home Depot, and I bought 44 pavers, and they were Mm -hmm. uh, 17 pounds each, right? Mm -hmm. So I loaded up this uh, cart, I mean, just overflowing to the brim with rocks, basically, Um, and I was just, like, struggling through Home Depot, and then I had to, like, load them into my trunk, and there were three different people who approached me and offered to help, which was nice, Yeah. but I could tell that the first two wanted something from me. Uh-huh. The first one um, was someone who was a, you know, he was looking for work, so mm-hmm. he would have helped me load my trunk, but then I would have needed to pay him to do it. Yeah. And then the second person was, like, kind of hit on me. 
And yeah. I was like, no, like I can do this. I can fill this up. Right. And then the third session was great, but he came along as I was like loading my last two yeah. papers. You're like, Thanks, but he but... just came up. Yeah. yeah, he came up with an authenticity and he was making a joke of like, right. oh, like, I wish I would have seen you earlier. I could have helped. But like people can tell, like sometimes when you're being, um, uh, when you're trying to be helpful, quote unquote helpful, it's coming from a place of like, I want to get something out of this. Right. And then it, other times it comes from a place of, um, no, I really want to help you. It looks like you're going through something sweaty or something, <laughs> something yeah. hard. Um, so yeah, I think it's all about, you know, doing that with the right heart yeah. when, you, when you offer to help. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. That's totally, totally true. And even I've even noticed, like, man, you know how we do, I don't know, I don't know about you. For me, like, I had a great, I had great parents that taught me great values and and as a man, just as a human being, you know, and one thing was always like, hold the door open for people. Like, it's simple. And I think everybody can do that. And, but it's funny, because we do this little thing, I, I caught myself uh, Friday, actually, uh, I caught myself and I, I stopped and I, d- I did, I went ahead and did it, but I kind of looked over my shoulder cause there was this lady walking behind me. I was like, well, how far is she? You know? And it's like, we do it. We we're like, well, if she's certain distance away, then I'll just go in. And it's almost to a point to like avoid awkwardness, which I think is like interesting, like socially it's interesting, but like also why, 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 who cares? So I, I kind of caught myself. She was in that like gray area, you know, and I was like, just hold the door open. Who cares? Like, you're not in a hurry, you know, and yeah. I held the door open and she was like, oh, go ahead. It's fine. I was like, no, it's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not in any hurry. And she's like, I'm not either. And I was like, yep, no worries. Like, you do you. And yeah. I think it's just simple things like that. If I've really been trying to be conscious of like my actions and why I'm doing it and those little things. You know, you know, it's the simple things of like, well, if it, if she was like three more steps further back, you know, maybe I wouldn't have done it. But why? That's so silly. Like if I'm if I'm not in a hurry, I have the time, I have the things, you know, I, I have the ability to do it. Why not just do it? It's OK. Um, yeah. And I think I think that, you know, through this, I've just sometimes I do seek out those things a little bit more, but with a with great intentions. Like it's it's not something that I. I feel like it's a without, you know, good intention. It's just that I'm more conscious of it. I'm more awake and, and have my eyes open to opportunities to be like, this is a place where it wouldn't normally be a thing that I would want to do. But I think that the more you do those things, it's like practicing, you know, the more you do those things, the more they be, just become part of who you are and part of your life. It's the getting raised with values, you know, well, I was raised that way. And why, when you say you're raised that way, it's like, I learned to do this, you know, it's a learned thing or I learned how to treat people with kindness and treat people like I would want to be treated that golden rule, you know, mm-hmm. you're convicting me. I got to be a little bit more generous in my door holding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. I, it, it, I know it sounds so silly sometimes, but I think it's just those simple things. I, I don't think that I've purposefully left do good and make a difference you know I've had some social pressure from you know friends and people I know of like what does that even mean like what does it mean to do good I'm like I challenge you with you know exactly what it means to not do good and to not make a difference Mm -hmm. like you know 
you know when you like you have that little self-conscious thing where you're like ah that wasn't i could have i could have been better you know i could have done that differently so like why why limit yourself to what that means when it can be so broad and open and it can be as simple as holding a door open or simple as saying a thank you yeah all right i'm gonna switch gears here talitha you know what no i'm actually gonna say this because i wrote this down um i mentioned it that i think you're crushing it right now and I think these this conversation it really fits more to this question. Um, I think as a human being, just human as a human, you are successful and you are crushing it. Like I said, and I think that that's awesome. You make me cry. <laughs> I really do. I don't feel I, successful, but thank you. <laughs> I I hear you. It's it's really crazy how perspective, um, you know, outside perspective. Like I I. I can, I've continually gotten this, like, it would be an honor to be on the podcast. And for me, it's like, thank you. Like you're doing me a favor in some ways. Like I feel so grateful to have you, Talitha and have Bethany and these, you guys have, you have time, but you're busy people, you know, like I get it. Like life is busy for you to sit down for an hour, hour and a half and catch up with me after 10 years. And like, it's not like we have, we're like the closest friends to Letha. Like we're close, you know, you reached out to me when yeah. you're in Minneapolis and you know, we're friends. I, I call you a friend, but like, I'm not texting you, you know, every other week or every month or every six months and being like, Hey, how's life? What are you doing? You know? Um, but I see you as a very successful person, human being with that. And I, I want to say this with, I asked my wife how I can ask this question because I want to know what it means to you as a woman to be crushing it and to be as successful as you are. I think you answered a little bit. I think it's a little telling you saying like, I don't think I'm successful, but you are. And I think that it's really cool for you to be a leader to women uh, in the world to give back, to do good and to, to have the heart that you have and have this leadership position but I don't mean this in like, oh, it's cute, Talitha, like you're a woman, like good job, you know, like I, I genuinely like I think it's awesome. And like, what does it mean to be a woman and like killing it and crushing it in this world? Hmm. Um, well, I mean, I don't know if I believe in the Enneagram or not, but I come across pretty strongly as an achiever. So that's a three. Um, okay. I think I still want to take this stag on. <laughs> probably thing. like a yeah. There's probably an enneagram expert out there who's like, no, that's wrong. But <laughs> I mean, like that. There are certain people who are just hardwired to be like constantly striving for more, constantly, yeah. you know, being like, like for example, if I'm on vacation, I struggle with not planning my next vacation while I'm on vacation. Mm. Um. So I mean, I think that drives helps. Um, you know, propel things forward. And, you know, I think it's helped bring incredible things into my life while simultaneously making me feel like it's never enough. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, for me, it really, I think it comes down to my mom. Like, I get, so she worked, she worked my entire childhood and she is just like grinds at life. And I'm yeah. so proud of the things she's accomplished. Um, you know, currently she works as a librarian um, in rural Arizona and like 
literally this town, the library is all they've got. They've got like McDonald's and the library. Mm. And a lot of people don't have internet access. And so she just like, she's this beacon of um, community in this town. And she's really making a difference. And she's been involved with things like that her whole life, as long as I've been alive. And my dad has as well. But like, I do think that, I really don't like the notion that, like, if you are, a, like, the only way to be a good mom is to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. And that, like, if um, if your kids are in daycare because you as a mom, you're working, you know, your kids are somehow getting less of you. Mm. Um, I think that there's two beautiful ways to raise your children, one being at home with them and one working. Yeah. But I really do think that they are... Um, both really, really good. Um, yeah. And I'm so grateful that my mom worked so hard when mm-hmm. I was growing up. I'm so grateful that I was in daycare and that I, yeah. you know, sometimes was like, I wish I could spend more time with my mom um, because that showed me, and I believe in my heart, it, it's just incredibly true to me that, like, you know, as a woman, you can do good in the world. Um, I saw it firsthand. Yeah, so, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think that that's part of what guides me and, and probably yeah. the way I'll raise my children. I mean, who knows, but, yeah. um, yeah, that's, that's, she was great. She really modeled that for me. Yeah. I think that's true. I mean, both ways, you know, male, female, whatever gender yeah. that you, you know, whatever you're, whatever you subscribe to and call yourself. Um, but I think that that's really true. I, I, I I've thrown around the, the idea, the theory of like, man, you're more likely to go into a field that your parents are in just because you have that framework and that, like, you know, again, kind of like we were talking about with uh, Mr. Beast or these different, like, things. Like, you've got this framework of which to operate, and you can kind of see that, like, foundation. And there's, like, a a baseline knowledge that you have that kind of, like, sets you up for, like, succeeding I guess at at that or being quote good or you know at that not that it's like what you want to do but it's just it's easier and I think sometimes as people as human beings we just want that easier path and and not that like again like not that what you were saying is that your mom was a hard worker so that's the example that you had of like working hard and so were my family you know my mom my dad they were they still are they're they work hard you know they're it's not they're not millionaires they're not like successful in the financial world like you know you might aspire to be or people some people aspire to be but man they're rich in life and they've shown me a path of like man you just work hard and you you get after it and that's that's part of life um something my dad taught me at a young age i I remember him saying like hey you might not be the best out there on the field you know i've always been involved in sports and i love sports and but don't let anybody ever outwork you, you know, like you should, you work hard. And, uh, I, I think that's a really core value of who I am. And yeah, that's really cool. Thank you for sharing that. I, I think it's, you know, it's something I, I do really try and and I want to have, you know, I want to have a very diverse group of people on this podcast because everybody's different, you know, and, and having, successful women like yourself and just sharing that and like what that model you know you're a model to other people whether you see it or whether you believe it or not like you really are and and everybody I think that 
in this world as a model, we, we share we share so much with people and we don't realize it. It's something that's really kind of slapped me in the face over the last several months and of like just perspective. Like I have no idea what people's perspective of me are. And I care a lot about what people think about me and that's a problem. And I'm, I'm really trying to let go of that and challenge myself as a matter of fact. And I'll, I'll post a picture later this week, but I have a like handlebar mustache right now. That is, uh, okay. it is very, you're doing uh, November a little bit early, huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's very loud. It's very, uh, there. I, it fits well with the name crazy face, Uno or crazy face. Um, but I, it's, I'm super self-conscious about it. I'm super uncomfortable about it. And I think that I, I've been talking to my wife. I'm like, I think that's even more reason for me to keep it around because I actually, I struggle with it a lot. And I care a lot about just people, strangers, people that I don't even know, like what they think. I, I'm like very perspe- perceptive. We were walking in the grocery store last night and some guy was like, very uh strongly looking in my direction and I just kept my head forward and kept walking and I was like oh man like it just makes me uncomfortable but I think it speaks to more of like like I care about what other people think of me and like a lot of people I, I don't that's that's a common thing you know but I don't want to have that crutch in some ways I want to be able to be my own person and authenticity and being genuine is very very important to me and I think that I am those but I think that I'm always striving to be better at whatever I am and whatever I'm trying to do and so it's just a way I'm challenging myself of an an insecurity that I have but um, I say that just because life's you, you share a part of yourself whether you're walking down the street you know whether I have a handlebar mustache or I'm clean cut you know whatever um and I, I share a part of myself with those with people, you know, whether you smile at someone, whether you say hi or you look the other way or you look down or you're crying or whatever. Everybody has a perception and a thought and you get to share a little piece of yourself or you get to come on the podcast and we have an hour, hour and a half conversation. And, you know, sometimes I leave this podcast and I'm like on cloud nine. It's like this mountaintop experience, you know, or I'm like, man, that was so fun. Like, I love that. Um, most times it's like that. And I, I I get to share a part of my soul and part of my heart and part of me uh, with you and with people I have on here and with the the listeners that are, are tuning in as well. And I think it's important. Well, I mean, and literally anyone could set a trend, which is crazy. Like, first <laughs> yeah. of all, like, have you seen the kombucha girl meme? Um, I think I have. Or like, that's great. But I mean, like anyone could upload a funny video online and then set a trend. Even our friend Jason Russell with the Coney 2012 right. video, like there's a gif of his son kind of tapping his fingers that got lifted from that video. And it's like one of the most shared gifts out there. Um, <laughs> so you just like, you never know. You're, you really could be a trendsetter. If you show up at Coachella, you might you know, catch the eye yeah. of um, one of those trend-setting companies. They may take your picture, and then oh, everyone will be geez. copying the same mustache. Yeah, man, I don't know if that's what I want. But, yeah, I mean, I went and got my hair cut on Friday after I had kind of trimmed up my, my beard. I was just, you know, you know, I don't know. Guys, if you're listening, if you're a guy out there, we've all done it. You've all probably grown some facial hair and played around with, like, as you trim it up, you're like, oh, look at that. And I was like, oh, it doesn't look too bad, actually. It's kind of fun. But I never really intended to keep it for very long, and I don't know, whatever. But my uh, barber, she was, like, she kind of, like, leaned down, and she's 
in a soft voice. She's like, I, I really like your mustache. She's like, sometimes ah! she's like, sometimes they can come across as like, uh, like porn starish, but she's like, yours is good. And <laughs> most of my family still thinks it looks like porn starish, but you know, whatever. Here we are. Did you tell her that? Tell your family that the professional liked it. Yeah, 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 exactly. I need to tell them. But, yeah, I don't know. It's just interesting. So, you, you've you had uh, been involved with a couple other organizations or, or groups. Do you, do you mind telling us a little bit about those or, like, kind of how you got involved with them as well? Sure, yeah. Um, well, of course, there's Invisible Children. Yep. Um I have to say, if you've listened to any of the other interviews with an invisible children person, they probably have like a very similar origin story to mine. Yeah. Um, so it was just a beautiful um, community that came into my life when I was in my early 20s and just rocked my world. Yeah. Um, yep. so that was great. And I credit, I, even to this day, I credit invisible children with like opening every good door that has opened for me since. Mm, yeah. Um, you know, and it's, it's, we were so sad when things kind of, you know, it still exists, but, you know, it used to be a large organization with 150 people working there at any right. given time, and now it's significantly smaller. And that was that was only in the U.S. I mean, I think there was 150 working um, right. in Uganda as well. But um, uh, as people have moved on, it's actually gotten better because yeah. now we're able to trade ideas with each other, open mm-hmm. doors for each other. Um, so that's been a really beautiful community to be a part of. Um, and then after Invisible Children, I was involved with the Giving Keys for um, just shy of three years. So yeah. the Giving Keys is a uh, philanthropic jewelry company that, um, well, and other accessories. Um, our products were made uh, just adjacent to Skid Row um, by people transitioning out of homelessness. Yeah, and so um, that was really fun. We got to elevate that brand uh, into places like Nordstrom. Um, you would see keys being photographed around the necks of very famous people. Um, yeah, so it was that's a really, cool. really beautiful community to be a part of, um, and I just loved learning how fashion worked. Mm. Um, because when we were at Invisible Children, we were. Um, I would say we were quantity over quality <laughs> as far as like yeah. the way that we would invite people into joining us. We yeah. were just like invite as many people as possible and right. for some of them they'll come along. Um, the giving cues was really cool because it taught me that like if you can refine the way that you present yourself as an organization, you can strategically get exactly the right people's attention. Mm. Um so, yeah, that was great. Um, I did that for a few years, and, and that has translated specifically very well to Dress Number. Yeah. Um, and then I Foster Kittens. That's been another kind of charitable thing. Yeah, I remember seeing seeing of. you do that on uh, on social media and stuff. What has that been like? Yeah. What's I? You've always loved cats, though, right? Like, that's always been your thing. Yeah, I love cats, but I'm not crazy. Like, I have one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm like, yeah, I just, I just think they're great. But, yeah. um, you know, to be honest, like, I was kind of going through a season of depression and I was just kind of trying to piece together, like, yeah. what makes me happy? Like, let's just put those things in my life. And I mean, yeah. there are monsters out there who don't think that kittens are cute, but most yeah. people 
would agree that kittens and puppies make them happy. So, um, yeah, yeah, I, I discovered that um, working from home, I was in a unique position to feed these little guys all night long, and um, yeah. they would grow up really fast and then go um, live in the homes. The vast majority of them were adopted by my friends, so, you know, go to beautiful, good homes. Yeah, that's um, cool. And I'm not, like, a huge animal rights person, um, so that was really cool to, like, yeah. get my hands dirty with, like, even though this isn't a human rights issue, um, it is a beautiful issue, and so it was really great to yeah. um, just get involved in the, in the activism and the, the life-saving efforts. Yeah. And think about cats. Oh, man, I'm going to get out of soapbox. <laughs> think about <laughs> Go for kittens. it is that they, um, if they're under eight weeks of age, they or maybe more like under six weeks of age, they need round-the-clock care. And when you drop them off at a shelter, the shelter is closed overnight. And so the shelter can't give them that round-the-clock care. Right. And so unless they can find someone to take them into their home, they'll euthanize them. So people are very concerned about, you know, euthanization in shelters, but 50% of what they're euthanizing are kittens which is like the thing so many people want so it's like okay like this is a this is an extremely vulnerable group but it's also like the funnest group yeah (laughs) you know like i'm not dealing with like some you know animal that's got this trauma that you have to like work through like yeah this cute little kitten so um that's something else i've been involved with that's cool yeah so like my my dog i think that's in some ways, one of the reasons I'm so protective of him, and, and he's a American Bull Terrier, which is a pit bull breed, and uh, mm-hmm. he's a tripod. He got hit by a car in Texas, and he's a rescue, and so he lost his back right leg, and he's a uh, man. You talk about a breed that's so misunderstood, and, and you know, similar, like, I just learned about kittens. I, I had no idea that that was the case, you know, but... Um, yeah, it's just crazy. I, I'm just so. It's not something I do like actively, like oh pit bulls, you know. But I, I'm like very conscious about. People have this. You you walk down the street and people see, this dog, that has these pit bull features, and. You just see them respond and react in different ways, which is really fascinating and interesting to me, um, and just being able to like, burst their bubble and like dispel those uh stereotypes is really fun and i don't know he's the best he's such a cuddly lovey dude he like came up to me today and i like woke up and i like gave him a little kiss on his muzzle and he like immediately like jumped on my face and was like gave me a couple kisses and like snuggled in next to me you know it's just he's the cutest little guy he's the best (laughs) yeah he's great i Man, I read last week that someone just spent $35,000 to clone their cat in China. And they'll spend, if they want to clone their dog, it's 50000 And wow. I'm just like, there are so many animals, like yeah. your sweet, evil pup, that need a loving home. And you're over here spending, you know, like a house down payment on, yeah, yeah it, it it's funny. People are funny when it comes People to animals. People are but funny, yeah. Cool. Well, I think we'll wrap things up, Talitha. Is there anything yeah. you want to, you know, talk about or say? You've got this platform, um, this small but 
I call it mighty platform. I do want to I do want to push uh, extra dash life dot org, and that's the way people can get involved with the Children's Miracle Network hospitals and the game like the games and and raising money through playing games. Correct. Yeah, yeah, and I, I'll just say that, you know, if you, as a listener, are interested in peer-to-peer fundraising, um, you're interested in, I want to activate a lot of people to raise a small amount of money, um, yeah. you know, find me on Twitter, Talitha Baker, find me cool. um, on Instagram, same thing, Talitha Baker, like, hit me up, um, because I am so passionate, like, I, I care about these causes, but I really think the thing that I care the most about is just inviting people into the process of doing good because it will it will mm-hmm. change their lives yeah absolutely so um if i can help strategize for anything that you are dreaming about like mm. hit me up i'd love to talk yes please i would love that uh, actually i i need that if i'm completely honest and humble like i i need a lot of help uh, <laughs> i wake up <laughs> and uh you know i I spend my days working and trying to gain knowledge about different things and my subject and, um, but it's really hard to, to know, to know. And ha- like I, I, I have myself to bounce things off, off of through the day. And I feel lost a lot of days, you know, and kind of the direction I'm going and just trying to do the best I can every day. But I would love any help that you or people out there listening are willing to give. So, um, yeah, let's chat afterwards for sure. And I will, I'll definitely tag you and, uh, you know, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, if, if that's cool. So people can connect with you and, uh, we'll spread, spread the message of what you're doing as well. Awesome. I love it. This is so fun. Really great to catch up. Um, I'm really grateful for anyone listening. Um, I am excited for the journey that you're on as well. So keep surrounding yourself with these uplifting messages. It, it adds up. Thank you, Talitha. I really appreciate that. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you listen this far, uh, go check out our website. It's crazyfaceuno.com. There's some mugs for sale. There's also a way for you to donate. Uh, I would greatly appreciate and love if you would buy a mug or donate to Crazy Face Uno uh, and help us continue this process of Uh, creating something good and, and making a difference in the world. Thanks again for listening. We love you all out there. Peace!